Welcome to the channel of Anna Purdue. Look for the link below the podcast and make sure to upload the podcast so you can multitask while hearing the message. And you can also look for the link and um, once you open it up, you can scroll over and select your favorite platform, Apple, Spotify, or Google, and just look for the channel Anna Purdue. A huge shout out to Mark C., Judith T., Beverly C., Hugh R., Walter M., Neil and Lisa H., and Nancy S., for your donations to the channel. And if you are able and interested in helping this channel, you can do so by clicking the donation link found on my website at annapurdue.com. Today, we will learn how the fallen angels infiltrated this world and how they befriended the tribe of Dan and consorted with them. Why did Satan choose Mount Hermon as the site of their arrival? According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, Hermon means forbidden place. It is told that Mount Hermon was the port of entry for a group of wicked angels who corrupted the human race in the days of Noah. Moses wrote, The sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. There is a rabbinical remark about this story in an ancient Jewish commentary in which two rabbis add the following insight. Rabbi Jose says, following a tradition that these Nephilim, Uzzah and Azazel, whom God deprived of their super, uh, supernal sanctity, so why did were they deprived of their supernal sanctity? How, it may be asked, can they exist in this world? Rabbi Haya answers that they were of a class of spirits referred to in the words and birds which fly on the earth. And that was found in Genesis 1.20. And these creatures were able to appear to men in the form of human beings. If it is asked, how can they transform themselves? The answer is that they do, in fact, transform themselves into all kinds of shapes because they come down from heaven. They become as concrete as air and take human shape. These evil angelic beings are Uzzah and Azazel, who rebelled in heaven and were cast down by God and became corporal on the earth and remained on it, unable to divest themselves of their earthly form. Subsequently, they went astray after women, and up to this day they exist and teach men the arts of magic. They begat children whom they called Anakim, or giants. This is in the Talmud writings of Zohar. Note that the rabbi alluded to a class of spirits described as birds in Genesis 1.20. Perhaps this was the origin of the story that angels had bird-like wings. To this day, white doves are symbolic of good, while black crows are typical of evil. It should also be noted that birds seem to have a reptilian connection. The phoenix was depicted as an eagle in the west, but in the east it was a winged dragon. From ancient lore, Satan was thought to be somewhat of a gargoyle with bat-like wings. 
The apocryphal book of Enoch enlarges upon the story of the Nephilim. Scholars have traced the book of Enoch's origin back past the first century. In the early literature of the church, there is a chain of evidence to this effect. Nearly all the church leaders in that time knew of an apocryphal book of Enoch. Among the apostolic leaders in early times, the epistle of Barnabas refers to such a work. From that time on to about the 7th century, Christian literature produces ample proof of the constant use of high standing of this book. The early theologians used the writings of this book in their teachings, following the example of Jude, whose citation is taken from Enoch 1.9. And it came to pass, after the children of men had increased in those days, beautiful and comely daughters were born to them. And the angels, the sons of the heavens, saw and lusted after them, and said one to another, Behold, we will choose for ourselves wives from among the children of men, and will beget for ourselves children." And they ascended on Ardis, which is the summit of Mount Hermon. And they called it Mount Hermon because they had sworn on it and bound themselves mutually by a curse. Of all places on this planet where angels could have descended, it was on the northern border of the promised land. Perhaps knowing something about God's future plans to give territory to Abraham's descendants, these angels plotted their strategy to introduce the seed of the serpent into the human race. Mount Hermon lay in the territory where Ham and his family migrated after God's judgment at the Tower of Babel. According to Genesis 10.6, Ham had four sons, and the sons of Ham, Cush and Mizraim, and Phut and Canaan. Canaan settled in the area of Mount Hermon and southward into the territory that was to become Abraham's promised land. This is why the promised land was called Canaan in the days of Moses and Joshua. Mizraim continued to move southward into Egypt. Coincidentally, Mount Hermon has three peaks, and Ham's family encountered another set of three peaks that had been built before the flood, those being three great pyramids. Evidently, Mizraim was fascinated by the pyramids and developed a system of worship based on those ancient structures. Cush and Phut continued the family migration southward and settled in Ethiopia and parts of southern Africa. To this day, Mount Hermon is still the place where evil continually rains down upon the land of modern Israel today. The book of Enoch continues, And they took unto themselves wives, and each chose for himself one, and they began to go in to them, and mix with them, and taught them charms and conjurations, and made them acquainted with the cutting of roots and of woods. And they became pregnant and brought forth great giants, whose stature was three thousand ells. These devoured all the acquisitions of mankind till men were unable to sustain themselves, and the giants turned themselves against mankind in order to devour them. It seems that these fallen angels, Nephilim offspring, contaminated almost all life on earth. We do not know how many people were contaminated, but we are told that at least Noah's family remained genetically pure. 
For that reason, God destroyed the world with a flood. Had it not been for Noah and his three sons, those fallen angels might have brought an end to all life on the planet. Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth helped save the animals and repopulate the earth. Both Peter and Jude added further insight about these fallen angels. Peter said, God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Jude put it this way, The angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Both passages tell of severe punishment upon the wicked angels. Yet Moses said that sons of God reappeared after the flood. How can this be? Well, The book of Enoch only mentioned 200 angels, and Satan was not among them. Bear in mind, Satan's forces were much larger than a mere 200. Perhaps the original group of wicked angels were scouts for a much larger force of demonic angels who, under the leadership of Satan, came to earth after the flood. Possibly the Tower of Babel, meaning Gate to God, may have been built in an effort to contact these dark forces and forge a defense against the threat of another judgment. As noted in the rabbinical writings of the Zohar, Rabbi Haida said, To this day they exist and teach men the arts of magic. As mentioned earlier, Genesis 6-4 adds that, And after that, meaning, that more wicked sons of God returned to this area after the flood and established what Joshua called the land of giants. Moses and Joshua were able, with divine intervention, to conquer those giants of whom Og was king. Moses wrote that Og's bed was almost 15 feet long, and Og reigned in Mount Hermon. Joshua wrote, And the coast of Og, king of Bashan, which was was of the remnant of the giants, that dwelt at Ashtaroth and at Edrei, and reigned in Mount Hermon and in Salca and in all Bashan. Them did Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the children of Israel smite. But then the tribe of Dan moved to this area during the days of the judges and adopted the Canaanite worship of these angels. It was an ancient idolatry that opposed the worship of Yahweh. In fact, Baal and Ashtaroth were Canaanite deities whose origin was Mount Hermon. The book of Judges even calls Mount Hermon Baal Hermon saying, namely, five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and the Sidians and the Hivites that dwelt in Mount Lebanon from Mount Bel-Hermon unto the entering in of Hamath. Furthermore, 
The fallen angels living on and around Mount Hermon adopted a biblical name for the mountain. They had the audacity to plagiarize a name that God had given to Mount Moriah, Mount Sion. Moses wrote, and they possessed Sihon's land and the land of Og, king of Bashan, two kings of the Amorites. Sion means lofty, whereas Zion means stronghold. It is evident that Satan was pushing for a counterfeit of God's plan for man's redemption. The devil was determined to replace the seed of the woman with the seed of the serpent. For centuries before Abraham's time, the mountain had been venerated in connection with Baal. Baal worship was the leading religion of Canaan. Most of the high peaks of the country were shrines known as high places, the higher, the holier. Not. Here groves were planted and shrines erected for worship. Since Mount Hermon towered above all the other mountains in the region, it was the chief high place, the Shrine of Shrines. Canaanites looked to Mount Hermon much as the Muslims face Mecca when they pray. During the ministry of Jesus, he and his disciples visited Caesarea Philippi, where the Jordan River springs forth from the slopes of Mount Hermon. In a grotto and cave near that area is where Baal worship was in full swing. While observing these shrines, Jesus posed the question, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Jesus was standing in the territory of his great enemy Satan and his idolatrous Nephilim. It was the area out of which the Antichrist would arise. In 1666, Louis IV of France authorized the building of an observatory in Paris to measure longitude. This was the beginning of the Paris Zero Meridian. Believe it or not, according to the Paris Zero Meridian, Mount Hermon and the ancient territory of Dan is located at 33 degrees east of the Paris Zero Meridian longitude and 33 degrees north of the equator latitude. The 33 degree became an important part of Freemasonry, possibly due to a history that dates back to the Knights Templar, the French Moravian dynasty, and their family ties to the Danites. However, the British would not be outdone. In 1675, England's first astronomer, Royal Sir Flamsteed, established a prime meridian in London to rival the one in Paris. In 1725, Edmund Haley, the second astronomer royal, established a second meridian. In the mid-18th century, another astronomer royal, Ray James Bradley, established a third. And in 1851, another astronomer, Royal Sir George Airy, set up new measuring equipment in a room alongside Bradley's original equipment, just 19 feet away, which eventually became the basis for international time. It soon became clear that the world needed to adapt a worldwide standard for the zero meridian. So, in 1884, 25 countries met in Washington, D.C. 
and voted to accept Aries Meridian at London's Greenwich Observatory as the prime meridian. France abstained from the vote. The French held to the Paris Zero Meridian as a rival to Greenwich until 1911 for timekeeping purposes and 1914 for navigation. To this day, French cartographers continue to indicate the Paris Meridian on some of their maps. In the opening years of the 20th century, a booklet appeared in Russia by the title The Protocols of the Learned Elders of Sion. It was touted as the exposure of a Jewish plot to rule the world. However, its Masonic connection is obvious. The booklet ends with a statement, signed by the representatives of Sion of the 33rd degree. Note that the name Sion is spelled with an S rather than a Z. The connection with Mount Hermon is obvious. Jacob prophesied that Dan would be a serpent, by the way, an adder in the path. And Moses prophesied, Dan is a lion's whelp, he shall leap from Bashan. These two prophecies are remarkable in that they connect Dan with the seed of the serpent from which the Antichrist will emerge to claim the title Lion of Judah. In the book of Judges, The Danites relocated to the northern reaches of the Promised Land. They settled at the foot of Mount Hermon in the territory of Bashan and adopted the idolatrous Canaanite religion of Baal and Ashtaroth. Eventually, they left for parts unknown and became the proverbial Lost Tribe. However, the Danans, otherwise known as the Spartans of Greece established the same religious practices as the Danites had developed on Mount Hermon. Greek mythology is an elaborate reinvention of the Danite religion. The Spartans invented a messenger of the gods and called him Hermes, a variation of Hermon, whom the Romans called Mercury. Supposedly, Hermes had a son named Pan, The name Pan would be a corruption of the name Dan. Today, the Arabs call Caesarea Philippi Banias. But that is because there is no P sound in Arabic. The older form was Panias, meaning city of Pan from Panion. The name comes from Pan, the pagan god who was worshipped there. Niches for Pan's statues can still be seen today. In 4 BC, Panion became the government ruled jointly by four persons of Herod's son Philippus, who renamed Panius as Caesarea Philippi. This name continued until the reign of Nero. The name Pan means all things, all gods, or all life. Therefore, when the Romans built a domed temple to commemorate all their gods, they named it the Pantheon. It is a combination of two root words, Pan, standing for the son of Hermes, Mercury, and Theo, meaning gods. It is clear that Mount Hermon, with its infamous fallen angels, found its way into the mythologies of many ancient cultures. Solomon also had something remarkable to say about Mount Hermon. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse, with me from Lebanon. Look from atop of Amana, 
from the top of Shinar, and Hermon from the lion's dens, from the mountains of the leopards. Here, Solomon mentioned a lion's den and the mountains of the leopards. This may be a reference to the prophecy made by Moses calling Dan a lion's whelp. It seems that Solomon was aware of the Danite connection to Mount Hermon and used the metaphor of the Danite lion's den. When the Danites first arrived in northern Israel, they conquered the village of Laish, meaning lion, and renamed it Dan. The book of Judges reports, And they call the name of the city Dan after the name of Dan their father, who was born unto Israel. Howbeit, the name of the city was Laish at the first. Furthermore, Solomon mentioned Mount Hermon in connection with leopards. It is said that Ham's grandson, Nimrod, wore a leopard skin as a symbol of his kingship. Also, there are paintings of Egyptian pharaohs adorned with leopard skins. Even some medieval European royals wore leopard skins. An ancient Jewish commentary connected Nimrod's leopard skins with the coats of skin belonging to Adam and Eve. Truly, he was a man of might because he was clad in the garments of Adam and was able by means of them to lay snares for mankind and beguile them. Rabbi Eliezer said, Nimrod used to entice people into idolatrous worship by means of those garments, which enabled him to conquer the world and proclaim himself its ruler, so that mankind offered him worship. He was called Nimrod for the reason that he rebelled against the highest king above, against the higher angels, and against the lower angels. Rabbi Simeon said, Our colleagues are acquainted with a profound mystery concerning these garments. In Daniel 7 and Revelation 13, the Antichrist seems to be connected to the metaphoric leopard. We cannot say with certainty that Adam and Eve wore leopard skins, but there are a number of sources that suggest Nimrod wore a leopard skin. Among them was Alexander Hislop in his work, The Two Babylons. This custom of taming the leopard and pressing it into the service of men in this way is traced up to the earliest times of primitive antiquity. In the works of Sir William Jones, we find it stated from the Persian legends that Hoshang, also known as Nimrod, the father of Tamers, who built Babylon, was the first who bred dogs and leopards for hunting. As the classic fake god bearing the lion's skin is recognized by the sign of Hercules, the slayer of the lion. So, in like manner, the god clothed in the leopard's skin would naturally be marked out as Nimrod, the leopard subduer, Wilkinson tells us. And he also tells us that on all high occasions, when the Egyptian high priest was called to officiate, it was indispensable that he should do so wearing, as his robe of office, the leopard's skin. Alexander's Hislops, the two Babylon states, It is a universal principle in all idolatries that the high priest wears the insignia of the god he serves. This indicates the importance which the spotted skin must have had attached to it as a symbol of the god himself. 
early church theologians believed the Antichrist would come from the tribe of Dan based upon Jeremiah 8.16. The snorting of his horses was heard from Dan. The whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones. We discussed the fact that the Greek king Alexander the Great claimed to be born of the seed of the serpent. And we have considered the possibility that the Roman emperor Nero could have descended from the Danites. Well, when Nero ruled the Roman Empire, he renamed Caesarea Philippi in honor of himself. For a while, the site of the ancient Danite city was called Neronius, meaning city of Nero. Finally, an ancient Jewish Midrash likens Samson to their expected Messiah saying, Samson, in some respects, was considered a forerunner of the Messiah who will come from Judah, but his mother, according to the Midrash, will be of the tribe of Dan. Those fallen angels who descended to Mount Hermon introduced the seed of the serpent into the human race. Evidently, after the flood, they consorted with members of the tribe of Dan, mixing the seed of the serpent into the human genome once again. The first time it happened, God judged the world with water. The next time, it will be by fire. <laughs>